Come live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to She Knows Sports with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Princess Cooper, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. How are you today, Miss Princess? I'm doing good, Brittany. Doing really good. I'm excited that we are back up and running. We've been down um, from radio and podcasting Monday and Tuesday. Came back live last night, and I've now I get the opportunity to be on tonight. We're stuck with Cave Off was on last night. So I'm excited to be with you, Brittany. Absolutely. Just in time, like always, for Thursday night <laughs> football and right prior to the weekend. Amen. The best day in my mind of the week. <laughs> or one of the best days of the week. Uh, yeah. Princess, you ready to talk some sports? Let's do it, Brittany. Let's jump right into it. All right. So. The NFL has been amazing, especially week nine. We have had some incredible games. Some incredible uh, players have made some incredible plays. But I want to talk about this particular player. Um, He's a rookie quarterback, and I think y'all know who I'm talking about because he just broke the rookie record, and that is C.J. Stroud. He breaks the rookie record uh, versus the Bucks with 470 yards, five touchdowns. Five TDs, guys, and zero interceptions in a 39-37 victory over the Bucks. Princess, what are your thoughts on his performance? And then would you, because I've had heard people talking about this a little bit, would you put him in the MVP conversation? Um, okay, so here are my thoughts. We have been talking about these three young men that were drafted high in the NFL when I'm talking about Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, and C.J. Stroud. And I've asked several times, maybe even on this show, who's going to have a better season? Who looks like they're primed to maybe make an impact? Um, Most said C.J. Stroud. Well, Anthony Richardson is out for the season with shoulder surgery. Bryce Young has missed a couple of games because of um, an ankle injury and really has looked small because I don't think he has a very good protective offensive line. But C.J. Stroud, I've watched, I think this is week nine or week ten, I've probably watched six, seven, or eight of their games, and I've watched him, and, and, and I'm very um, happy to see him um, perform and do well. And he is a leader on that team. Five touchdowns, I, I don't care if you're a veteran of 30, you know, of, of 10, 15 years, that's a pretty good day right there. MVP status and conversation, no, because I think they still have lost four games or five games. And I think when you're talking MVP, normally I don't, you know, it's it's the most valuable player, but a lot of times it's the most valuable player on one of the winning teams. Um, his value, though, is unmatched. I like how they're using him. I even like um, D'Amico Ryans and how he is coaching um, his energetic style on the sidelines. But I think more than anything, C.J. Stroud was made for the NFL. He seems to be cerebral. He seems to be ingesting it quietly and making the right decisions. 
and he looks good. I don't think he's having that normal make a mistake, you know, make a mistake every other play kind of rookie season. I I, I thought he was he's he's done very well. Yeah, uh, I think he's he's done fantastic. Um, yeah, I, look, I I thought he would do great, but I didn't know he was going to do this. Um, I think that Texas or franchise or the organization has turned around a lot faster than most of us would have thought. I mean, they're four and four primary because of C.J. Stroud. And, of course, you have to give kudos to the head coach and Danico Ryan because he went in there and did his thing. But for him to go in there against a, actually a decent Bucks defense, um, you got Todd Bowles, who's one of the top defensive minds in the NFL, one of the top, not the top, but one of the top in the NFL. He's known for defense. And for a rookie to throw 470 yards and five touchdowns with no interceptions um, against this veteran defense, I mean, you have Via yeah. Via on the other side. You have Devin White. Um, I can't think of the, the safety that they have. Um, but it, it was just incredible. And like you alluded to, his decision-making has been fantastic. Um, yeah. These young receivers with the Texans are great. It's just like – well, wow, I, I didn't think I didn't think I would see this. I knew he would be have success his first year. I didn't know it would be such a fast turnaround. Um and I'm just I'm really excited. And that last drive for them for the Texans to win a game under a minute. He took mm-hmm. the Texans right down the field and scored that touchdown, which I really thought was incredible. Now to put him in an M V P conversation, I kinda think it's still I need to see a little bit more. Uh, I think you know, people got excited because of this game and maybe the last couple games, rightly so. Um, but if you want to just, I guess, just to talk, sure, we could put him in there, just to talk. But just to have him in there, not yet, not yet. I need to see more. But I could absolutely say he's offensive rookie of the year for sure. Yeah, you know what, Brittany, they had to score a lot of points. Um, and, and they went toe-to-toe with the Buccaneers. They went toe-to-toe mm-hmm. with Baker Mayfield. And, you know, he they needed every bit of that 17 points in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, and, and another thing is that Todd Bowles, who is a defensive guru, um, head coach for the Buccaneers, they threw a lot at C.J. Stroud, and he didn't throw an interception. He didn't lose the ball. He maintained the game. As a matter of fact, he was um, part of the reason that they won that game. And that's a lot to say about a rookie. Um, he handled himself well, well, and was poised in the pocket. I can't say enough. And because of that, um, I, I think he's the one that has, you know, uh, definitely is probably emerged as the offensive rookie um, of the year so far. And we are sitting at week ten with seven more games to go. Yeah, his his poise in that in the in the huddle in the pocket mm-hmm. is just amazing. It, he does not get rattled. It's like he doesn't get yeah. rattled. He, it's like he has this mindset, I've been playing this game my entire life. Yeah, there's a little yeah. bigger guy is here. But I can play mm-hmm. football. And you can see this confidence that's just sits on me. He's just like, wow, it's really amazing. But, Princess, your thoughts real quick, because D'Amico Ryans came in, and he has done wonders already with this organization. And he said, I need that six years for a reason. <laughs> Rightly so. <laughs> uh, I think he deserves it. But your thoughts on D'Amico Ryans and what he has done thus far with the Texans? Well, let me say this, Brittany. I didn't want him to go to the Texans. I was not high 
on the organization of the Houston Texans. They have notoriously hired a coach for one year, hired an African-American mm-hmm. coach for one year, and let them go. And so if they, you know, do that this year, this will be third, three or four in a row, I think fourth in a row. So I'm, I'm not high on the organization. But he wanted to go back home because that's where he played. Um, and that also is the city where his wife is from, if I'm not mistaken. So um, mm-hmm. that's the personal part. But to see him perform, to see him take hold of it, and to be integral or um, in the middle of every phase of that his his team and the game, um, I, I'm I'm happy for him um, and the impact he's made on defense. I think they have a a a whole new culture and look on defense. And they are swarming to the ball. You give them a couple of years, and, and, and we have ourselves something here, a playoff team. Um, and I think for him to turn it around and already have four wins, I, I think that speaks volumes too. Congratulations to him. And I know that San Francisco was, was, was sad to lose him, but it was time for him to be a head coach, and I think he's succeeding at it. Yeah, I remember when he was with the Eagles, and all you could hear is how smart of a player he was at the time. Um, I think it was the linebacker for us. Um, and, you know, a lot of the younger players just say he's very smart. A lot of the coaches say he's very smart. He knows what he's talking about. He's always giving ideas and things like that. Um, even to this day, the guys that he, he was teammates with will tell you how intelligent intelligent he is with the X's and O's and with the game of football, and you can see it. You can really see it. Um, and he is not shy about anything. He's like, I'm going in. We're going to have a tough team, and we're going to do what we need to do, and that's exactly what they're doing. Um, so absolutely kudos to D'Amico Ryan. But it was funny because I just said it just to say it. I know Jaguars are in their division. I did say at the beginning of the year, I say I had this out-of-box thing, but I think the Texans are going to win the division. Well, they're second. So they might not win a division, but they're second. And they're, they're only two games. I think they're two games behind. So uh, yeah. they could possibly sneak in as the last wild card. Odds are that may not happen. Um, but you never know because as the season goes on, there are certain teams you think you will get in that start to fall off, and there are teams that will surprise you. And for them to be even at four and four, second place in their division currently, that's a surprise when most people had them dead last in the division because they didn't think they would be there just yet. But absolutely kudos yeah. to Nico Ryan, and I am rooting for him. I know I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm, I've always also been a fan of Nico Ryan, and so I'm rooting for him and the Texans. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you have to. Um, and I think it's a job well done to be four and four. Let's see how strong mm-hmm. they finish. And and the Jags, um, I, I'm really happy about what the Jags are doing at six and two, and I don't know if it's a surprise. Um, you got to give Peterson a lot of credit for for where they are, and the fact that I think um, Trevor Lawrence has taken the next step in his progression and, and maturation process. So, um, but congratulations to the Texans. Congratulations to D'Amico Ryan's. It looks like the Texans made the right hire. They got the man. Mm-hmm. Now let's keep him and allow him to to build a team. Exactly, and that's exactly what he's doing. Um, so, Princess, we got to switch games here. And the game I'm going to go to is actually your team versus my team this past week. And I want to get your thoughts. I know we talked about it prior, but we always got to talk about a little bit after. And just your feelings for the game 
Um, as we all know, the Eagles did end up beating the Cowboys 28-23. to But what were your thoughts on this game? Well, um, I was happy at halftime, um, for sure. I, I thought it was a, mm-hmm. a, an even game. And, um, and even though the, the Cowboys were at the Eagles, I thought they at least played them toe-to-toe. But the one thing I think I take from this game is that and and you may have said it last week, I don't know, maybe someone said it on my show, but I think it was you. Jalen Hurst is really settled in his position, and he's not easy rattle, rattled, mm-hmm. for sure. And, you know, they came out in the third quarter and, and scored 14 points, and Cowboys had zero, and Cowboys were behind the eight ball. Now they tried to do a little something in that fourth quarter um, and, and come back and make it a game, but I, I thought it was an evenly matched game most of the time, but I thought the Eagles did what they do because I do think that they are um, headed to something special again this season, Um, and they won out. Now, um, Kevin put in the thread that, wow, what a game. Well, unless we won, it wasn't really a game, but I do understand what he's saying. (laughs) You know, um, um, we're sitting at five and three, and the Eagles are at eight and one, but – you know, uh, I, I wonder how healthy um, Hertz is going to be. Um, maybe, too, you know, if he can um, maybe get a, a rest game in there because I, I'm sure they're going to be sitting at, what, 11-2 or somewhere in there, or, or we, we're going to get to seven games, um, and they maybe are going to be 15-2. and two. At some point, I think you rest them and, and accept whatever comes and get them ready for the playoffs. They were they were minutes away from winning the Super Bowl. They're on a run again. But um, as far as the result, I'm heartbroken about it. And and most Eagles fans make me sick. You're not one of them. <laughs> and if anything good came out of not being on radio this week, I didn't get a chance to hear Larry Tisdale and Carlos Bradley and all the others that are that are Eagles fans that that were excited to see this. But I, I think the Eagles did what they had to do. But I'm impressed with this team overall. Um, and, and Jalen Hurts isn't, isn't rattled at all. Um, he knows what he's doing, and he's poised again. Talk about um, being poised in the pocket. That one right yeah. there. Yeah, he's very poised. Um, uh, in the beginning of the season, I wasn't too sure. It looked like he was a little like, and I guess that was just him trying to figure it out because teams were throwing things differently at him than they did the last couple years, you know. They were disguising uh, coverages a little bit differently. And I guess it's a good thing that he had to go through that, and this is what a lot of people don't realize. You know, you had to go through a Todd Bulls. You had to go through a Brian Flores. Um, or you had to go through Bill Belichick. You know, these are uh, uh, absolutely great defensive-minded coaches in the first three weeks of the season, which means they had all off season to study this Eagles offense and to study Jalen Hurts. Um, especially Bill Belichick with that first game. And so they threw everything they could at him, um, and he looked a little rattled. The offense wasn't cooking. You know, they could, you could tell they were struggling. And then probably I would say maybe around week, maybe the Rams game, I would say, you could start seeing they were starting to click a little bit more, slowly a little bit more and a little bit more. And now you're seeing his poise. Now you're seeing say, okay, they're disguising this. This is – it looks like a cover two, but they're changing this and going to a single high safety or something like that. Um, and he he it's like it's starting to click, and he knows where to go now, um, which is great because I was nervous. I was absolutely nervous. 
So kudos to him, and you can tell how hard he works. <laughs> you can tell how hard he works. Even after he went down, after he got hit in the knee, in his bruised knee, um, I was I was like, oh, man, please don't have Marcus Mariota. He's so tough. <laughs> He's beyond tough. He's like, nope, I'm not quitting. He did the same thing last year. Um, but just to speak a little bit more on the game, I'm excited that the Eagles won. Don't get me wrong. But just like I guess every game you could take away, but this game in particular, I just felt like we missed so many plays. Um, it was a 28-23 victory. I just feel like the problem with the Eagles, in my opinion, and I'm not just going to pick on the secondary because we know they're young. We know they're struggling right now. Um, I feel like they let up. They let their foot off the gas too soon. They start playing in protect mode once they get a decent lead. They went up 28-17 yeah. and didn't score since, and they've done that. Even last year, they have done it. And I feel like they're yeah. going to come across a team again, and it was the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You're going to come across a team again who's going to say, well, y'all letting up. We're going to destroy you. You know, if you have to play the Chiefs again coming up, you have to play Josh Allen. You're going to have to play uh, the 49ers and the Cowboys again. So we have to learn to keep our foot on the gas. We have to – the play callers have to do better in um, calling plays. Um in, in the right situation, making the right play calls in the in the right situation. So they're still learning, but I will say, because I was hard on, hard on them after this game, Princess. I was so hard on them, although it was a win, I was beyond hard. So I'm going to change my, change my tune a little bit here. Um, they got to improve on certain things, but I do like where we're at as of right now, but we do ha- definitely have to get better. Well, you, you have to get better. Um, this type of play – in the playoffs is not going to win win a game for you. Mm-hmm. Some, some teams are going to come back and win it. The one thing is that you're going to have to do something with the back end. CeeDee Lamb had mm-hmm. almost 200 yards receiving. Um, and 200 yards receiving. And he had 11 catches. Um, but, you know, and the fact that Dak didn't throw an interception, um, Jalen Hurts didn't either. But, you know, um, I, I thought that was good. But neither team had much of a running game. Um, but this was a litmus test for the Cowboys, and it's going to come around again. Let's see what they can do at home. Probably, though, by the time, you know, um, this game comes around again, the Eagles would probably have shored up or sewn up um, the, the, the division race and won't be pressed to play as hard as the Cowboys are. But you still got some tough ones on your, on your, um, on your schedule. And, and and I'm gonna see see what happens, um, see what happens for sure. So you know we had Dallas. So now oh so the next one is a bye, and then you got the Chiefs, you know, and then you got yeah, the Bills, yeah. then you got the Forty ers and then you got the Cowboys again. So and then Seattle. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then Seattle. So yeah. now the Giants and Arizona and the Giants. Those last three games. That's that's the time that you're you're resting, but you're getting really to that once you come back off a of bye week at eight and one, those next five games um are, are really gonna tell the story. Now are are you gonna be, you know, twelve and one and two, twelve and two, whatever? But those next ones are, are you know, because the the forty ers need a win. Um, the Chiefs mm-hmm. need a win. The Buffalo Bills need a win. All three of those teams really need a win and then the Cowboys need one. You all are you all are the hunted for sure. Um, everybody's hunting and trying to to take out the Eagles because they need that because you're you're so far ahead. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy we're on the bye. Because not only do they need a break, I need a break too. Um, <laughs> I need a serious break. But, uh, no, yeah. I absolutely agree. They have to come back. They have to get healthy. And that's part of the reason why CZ Land was able to go off. Um, we had too many injuries mm-hmm. in that secondary. So hopefully we'll get healthy. The good thing about the injuries, though, that your young guys get experience. Although they got dashed, they got killed by C.D. Lamb, it's a learning opportunity for them, which is good. So they're only going to mm-hmm. get better from that. Um, similar to what the Chiefs had to go through last year with a lot of their young guys. You know, in the secondary, a lot yeah. of them got dashed and they were killed. But they still ended up winning yeah. the Super Bowl. And now you can see where they're at this year. They improved uh, uh, much better. All right, Prince, yeah. let's switch. You know, um, Kevin ahead. said in, in our thread, he just said that the Chiefs are on by week two. So, you know, this game is going to be hopefully prime time. I, I can't wait to mm-hmm. see this game. With both of them being on bye week, how are they, you know, prepping for this? The Eagles beat the Cowboys and the Chiefs went over in Germany and, and beat the, the Dolphins. But they, too, mm-hmm. um, spotted them 21 points and then held on to win. Um, and, and I don't think they scored in the fourth quarter like the Eagles didn't. So let's see what happens mm-hmm. in this game, um, you know, because that, that is maybe a preview for later um, for sure. But I didn't know the Eagles were on by week. Shout out to Kevin Walker for um, letting me know this. Brittany, I want to actually insert a question here. I know it's not on our, mm-hmm. our list, but I, I want to know because I haven't put it in the thread, but I want to know is anybody as impressed with Antonio Pierce um, as I am with with the um, with the Raiders, he replaced Josh McDaniels. He was fired. Antonio Pierce, a former linebacker for the Giants, now into coaching. Made the interim coach for the Raiders. I like what he said after the firing. He said, "We don't like to see that because a lot of lives and families are affected." But he said, "We're going to move forward. We're actually going to bench Garoppolo." Shout out to Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm probably your only fan. And then we're going to start the young <laughs> male, I think it's Carell, Connell, whatever his name, that started him. And they get a really big win. One of the mm-hmm. questions they ask in the press conference is, why was the sideline so busy and so full? And that's because Antonio Pierce had all of the practice squad. He said their name is on the jerseys too, you know, um, and he had them on the sideline. He said they're Raiders, and he said, I like to see that. He said it was a little busier than I thought. But I want to know your impression of Antonio Pierce. Have you seen any press conferences? And, and not only did they win, they won big. Yeah, I haven't really seen any press conference, but I did see a lot of the players' reactions, and I think that's telling a lot. I don't know mm-hmm. if they were just that tired of Josh Allen, but there's a difference already that I could tell uh, that Antonio Pierce uh, provides with it, within these players. You know, I've seen um, Devontae Adams. You know, they were showing a clip of Antonio Pierce, uh, Devontae Adams sitting in the background, and you could tell he's mm-hmm. in. He, he is focused on what Antonio yeah. Pierce needs to say. I mean, look, they went out and won the very first game that he, he's the head coach of. Um, so he's already yeah. making a huge difference. And I agree with Antonio Pierce. If you have a, 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 a jersey on, I know a lot of mm-hmm. those practice squad players aren't on the sideline, but if you have a Raiders jersey on, I respect it about him. He's like, no, you need to be on the sideline because you're not only are you a part of this team, but these are learning opportunities. These can potentially help some of these players say, you know what, 
uh, look at the game and say, you know what, I could do this, I could do that. They can help each other. The vets could talk to the practice squad people. The practice squad uh, 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 players can talk to the the people who are on the field to help. So you kind of you help each other out in a way um, with that, you know, with the necessary communication. I love it. I love it already. So, but the but yeah. the biggest thing is to hit on it again is the player's reaction, and I think that's the most important thing. That's they it. liked him, and you could tell. They won over the locker room. As a matter of fact, it was one game I read where Josh McDaniels had him to go and talk to the players on his behalf, and on Antonio Pierce just mentioned, you know, um, the he mentioned the Super Bowl where mm-hmm. the Giants came in, I think, um, 9-7, and seven, and they beat the Patriots. And Josh McDaniels did not like that analogy. He said, "Hey, you you can't talk about the 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 Patriots like that." And and so there was that dynamic in the locker room. And eventually, you know, Josh McDaniels and and, and Antonio Pierce were at odds, and the the Raiders kind of sided with Antonio Pierce, and the players really responded to his pep talk. And I think that's why they moved in direction. Life is so funny. But I've, I've said a, a while that I think Josh McDaniels is a offensive coordinator. I don't think he's a head coach, and he's had two opportunities mm-hmm. at it now. Um, let's see what happens. But I want to I want to ride this way with Antonio Pierce. I'm really cheering for him. Yeah, I, I think um, they may have seen. Now you might have to get a quarterback in there. I don't know how to, the young quarterback. I know they won. Um, I don't know how the young quarterback's going to appeal necessarily to Devontae Adams, but. So far, I think you saved uh, uh, Devontae Adams from being overly frustrated. Um, he's probably going to see how this season goes, but if Antonio Pierce sticks around, maybe that means you can hold on to Devontae Adams a little bit longer. But he is getting older, so but we'll see what happens. We'll see where he wants to go in the end. <laughs> yeah, let's see what happens. Kevin Walker put in our thread, Justin Fields. I'd love to see that. I love to see that. I think yeah. that would be good for Justin Fields. And um, I think that Antonio Pierce, if he's retained, would be a good mentor. I know I, I interrupted um, the schedule. Let's get back on it, Brittany. I'm sorry about that. But I, I really just no, excited to talk about Antonio <laughs> Pierce. Yeah. I like that. That's fine. Uh, all right. Let's, let's switch gears. <laughs> We're going to switch over to the NBA now because we are two weeks going on three weeks in the NBA season. Most teams have at least played, I believe, Seven games for the most part now. Um, still, still very early. But I need to talk about your team, versus the Lakers, the L.A. Lakers. As we've seen last night, they did struggle against the Rockets. The Lakers ended up losing to the Rockets 94-128 and now have a 3-5 and five record. Princess, do you think they need another star? Um. I don't. I don't. I think everybody can use another star if they can go get Jimmy Butler. Hey, you know, Kevin, talk to the Heat, see if they'll send Jimmy Butler. Um, or, or, you know, um, but yeah, I, I think they could use one. But I think this is my third start of the NBA season with you, and the last two years, the same conversation has been had. The Lakers have started mm-hmm. slow, um, and now that first year, I think was his first year there. And nothing happened. They stayed. They started slow, stayed slow, and never made an impact. Last year, I thought they emerged at the right time and really did well going through the playoffs. 
they just ran up against a Denver that they couldn't do anything with and lost, I think, four straight. So the answer is yes, you know, um, can they use one? But will they figure it out and be impactful with what they have? I, I think they have a really good team, and I think they're mm-hmm. adjusting to all the new players. Um, and um, I think they'll be okay. The fact is, though, is that I am still just marveling at LeBron James at 38, getting ready to turn 39, mm-hmm. I think, in January, who's really playing above the rim. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that in my era I got a chance to see see this from him um, and to see his impact um, for sure. But, yeah, I, I think they could. Um, again, yeah, Jimmy Butler from the Miami Heat, that's who I want. That's who I want them to go get, Brittany. And then we'll, we're going to win it all. I don't know if he'll be leaving South Beach, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how the Heat does. South um, Beach, Cali. <laughs> <laughs> LA, you know, I think that's the same thing, same kind of environment, you know, that Hollywood stuff and warm environment, the beach, you know, I think his, since he got rid of the hair and put it back in breeze, I think we like him again. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens, but no, um, I honestly think because, you know, the reason why I ask this question, there has been a lot of talk about them adding the third star. Um, I do agree. Every team could probably use a third star, but I think it's too early right now. I know they're struggling, but they also have a lot of injuries. Anthony Davis is also out once again with injuries. They have a couple other players that are injured. Um, And then other guys are fairly young and just really new to the team. And it does Mm -hmm. take time for chemistry to build, to be able to gel on the court. It takes, I always say, at least a good 20 to 25 games um, of everybody being healthy and playing together. Now, if everybody is not healthy and playing together for those 20, 25 games, then it's going to take longer because when the people who come back from being um, injured, now your roles get readjusted all over again and you have to learn a new role. So that then takes a little bit more time. So I feel like by the trade deadline, which I believe is in February, I think if they need to, they'll make a move then. But right now, it's fine. They're just it's so early. They're only with three, what I say, three and five, so two games under 500. They're still within the playoff seeding if we're looking at it this early as of right now. I wouldn't be too concerned right now. I think LeBron and them can handle things because um, you'll run into, right now, you'll probably run into a few teams that are a little bit more inferior to you, and there are teams that are inferior to the Lakers right now, believe it or not, um, although they're struggling. But I think the biggest thing is health and just give them time, and they'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, whenever I watch the Lakers, I'm pleased. I just like watching the Lakers, and I love watching LeBron James. But, you know, I know that time is winding down. He's not on the front nine anymore. He's on the back nine for sure, Um, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, the 13th or 14th hole. So I, I am just pleased just to watch him still play. Um, above the rim like he is. Um, but I want to see what the rest of the team can do. Yeah, they could use a third starter, and they could at least use somebody that's not, you know, hurt all the time. Um, and, and we're eight games in, and, and Anthony Davis is, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> you sound like a lot of Lakers fans right now. There you go. You're laughing at all. to LeBron. I have to get kudos to him because his durability is just amazing. As you can see, 
Anthony Davis has been playing with LeBron for how many years now? He still hasn't got uh, taken his um, his advice for staying healthy. Um, he can no longer yeah. LeBron can no longer carry the game, carry a team, and we see that now. No, um, but he's still a star. He's still a vital piece to the team, um, and I if. And the problem is Anthony Davis needs to take over. Like, he's, this is now his team, and he doesn't want to seem to take over just yet. Take over so we'll what? what I mean, the bench? <laughs> he can, that's what he can do. <laughs> it's not like you about ready to trade him, princess. <laughs> I'll trade him. Trade him. I'm done. I'm done. If you, you can't come it. in a new season, you've been – you had now had an off season of three or four months, maybe more. I can't mm-hmm. remember June, so now it's November. So you've had three or four months, and you're eight games into the season, and you're now taking a game off, um, or mm-hmm. you're you're hurt. Man, go sit down. <laughs> get get me somebody, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, guys, yeah. Princess kind of talks in this way, but she don't really talk in this way. So for me to hear this, <laughs> this is like. You sound like a Philadelphia fan right now. This is amazing to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Princess, let's, let's move on to the next team. And I want to talk about the Milwaukee. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are currently 5-2 and two, um, in Eastern Conference, which is the second seed as of right now. Um, they've been struggling a little bit, but although they've been winning games, do you believe in the Bucks? Um, I do. I think that they're going to feel, um, figure it out um, and, 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 and work out two stars being on the court at the same time and both mm-hmm. being those who can take over a game. And, I, you know, it looked good on paper, and it looked good when we thought about it. We immediately said, wow, this is a, a team that could be headed to the finals. But there's a lot going on here. You know, they fired their coach. They have a new coach. And they have a new mm-hmm. nucleus on their team, and that's going to take some time to figure out. Um, but mm-hmm. right now it's early in the season. We're seven games in. They're sitting in the second spot. But, yeah, I do believe in, in the Bucks, And I think that, that, of course, the NBA Finals and that, that championship gave Giannis a lot of confidence. And mm-hmm. he's riding with that. He knows how to win. He knows the formula. It didn't work last year. Um, the one thing I took from last year, though, is that he was hurt by it mm. not working out. That means he cares about losing and winning, and he's just not complacent with just one. Yeah, I, I, I think they're forced to be reckoned with. I just like Boston to come out of the East, and Boston mm-hmm. is, is, is struggling just a little bit, you know, or they have two losses. But, you know, um, it's so early. Uh, check back with me, and I, and I say this with you, and I mean it. Christmas time, we'll re- really, we'll see where everybody is um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. It is early. Um, I'm not so sure yet. I know they're definitely a playoff team for sure, um, but I, I just don't know. And it has, I don't, I know it takes time for teams to gel. I always say 20, 25 games. Um, I still just don't know. And I think the biggest reason, because I think they lost a big piece. And granted, you had to trade him to get a Damian Lillard. And I think that was Drew Holiday. Um, now, they could always go out and get someone else. But to me, Drew Holiday is probably one of the best, if not the best, two-way guards in the league right now. Um, and I think that kind of 
messed them up a little bit. Now, again, it's still early, so we don't really know right now. But I think they're going to be missing that defensive piece at that guard spot when it comes time, when it comes down to the playoffs. I know Damian Lillard, most people say, well, he can make up for it because, you know, he shoots like crazy. That is true, but they also play things, they play you a little bit differently in a playoff as well, and you're going to need some defense. And I just don't know where that defense is going to come at, um, at the guard position, the one or the two, or the three, actually, I believe, um, when it comes to uh, uh, the Bucks, I know they have Middleton. He's not quite the same as he was when it comes to defense as he used to be. Offensively, he's still a pretty good juggernaut. Not quite the same because due to injuries. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to put them in the third position in Eastern Conference, but I'm still not sure yet. So I don't know if I believe in them just yet. I know it's a great pickup. Mm-hmm. I just think they lost some good pieces in depth. That's the biggest part. They lost some depth because of that trade. So, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they, it's a long season, 82 games. Um, I really am, you know, want to see, because I hadn't paid any attention, but they're already in the middle of this in-season tournament. I want to see how that works out and who comes out um, the winner and, and what kind of confidence that gives that team. So, but, yeah, um, I, I like the Bucks. I just like mm-hmm. I like the, um, uh, the, the Celtics a little bit better. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, speaking of that, I know this wasn't part of part of the uh, the the topic as well. Do would you want the Lakers to win the in season tournament? Uh, I, I want them to win as much as they can win. Yes, I, mm-hmm. I would want them to win the tournament. But I don't, I don't know enough, or or maybe I haven't even gotten so involved in the NBA season. I know it's early, and I think what the NBA is trying to do, and I'm not sure, is create interest in in week one, week two, week three, because we mm-hmm. kind of wait until Christmas Day before we turn the corner. We get through Thanksgiving weekend with college football for those of us, and then you know we then turn our attention to the NFL. We really don't pay attention, attention, or I don't, until until mm-hmm. Christmas Day when there's three or four NBA games on, and I really started start paying attention. So, um, yeah, of course, I, I want them. If there's something out there for them to win, I want them to win their their conference and 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 tournament. Is that going to happen? I don't think so. Um, um, I, I just really want them to get get healthy and for street clothes Davis to give me, you know, thirty straight games. That's what I want. My my yeah. my dreams, my goals are not lofty. I do I do agree with you. Win as many games as you possibly can. I don't know if I want my Sixers to win the end season tournament because I can hear it now. I can hear it now. I already call the Sixers the Cowboys of the NBA. <laughs> 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 so they haven't won a championship since the eighties. Like so, that's longer than the Cowboys since the eighties. So. I can hear it now. You know, they could win the end season tournament. They can't real, win the real thing. So I'm just like, we could, we could skip past that and go right to uh, the NBA championship, hopefully. But we'll see what happens. Um, but, Princess, let's, let's – Oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Nothing else. Go ahead. 
Let's continue with the NBA. Um, I have one more team I would like to talk about, and that's the L.A. Clippers. The L.A. Clippers started off the season hot. Um, I think they have one of the best offensive ratings in the league. And then they make a trade, and they recently lost their last two games with James Harden, and the offense is not flowing the same way. Will they eventually turn this around? You know, whenever a star like this joins a team that already has Kawhi and Paul George and Russell Westbrook, it's going to take some adjustments. Um, And I'm going to watch just because I'm curious. Um, Mm -hmm. But my bottom line is I could care less about a team that James Harden is on. And as a matter of fact, I hope they don't win anything um, for sure because he's on there. And eventually, mm-hmm. I think he's gonna he's going to be James Harden, and that is a team disruptor, um, a locker room disruptor. And eventually, there is going to be some dissension among the four of them because there's not enough ball to go around. Um, for if Russell Westbrook wants to be the point guard and James Harden wants wants to run point and and be the facilitator, but also flop and get you some threes, um, but I have I had more interest in this team when they did not have James Harden. I don't know why they traded to get him. I don't know why they wanted him um, because I think he'll end up being um, the reason that they don't go far more than they'll mm-hmm. be the reason that they go deep into the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think I disagree with you. I think I absolutely agree with you. Um, it's like he's he's a talented player, but he does – the team basketball aspect is his struggle. Um, and I was mm-hmm. watching a little bit of the game the other day, or it was last night, I believe, against the Nets. Mind you, the Nets were missing Ben Simmons. They were missing another uh, a decent player. And then uh, Cam Johnson left the game. Uh, no, Cam Johnson, I only think, was playing. There was another Cam that ended up uh, uh, spraining his ankle. Uh, Cam Thomas, I think is his name. He ended up spraining his ankle um, and missed half the game, and they still lost. You know, and they were healthy. The Clippers were healthy. You know, again, I agree that it's early or whatnot, but I just feel like Harden has this thing in his head that it's all about him. And I'm trying to figure out how is that going to sit over time with a Kawhi and a Paul George because they need the basketball as well. And like you said, he said, I am the system. I do not play in the system. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm pretty what sure a powerful statement. That, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure if he would have said that prior to the trade, and I think K-Walk alluded to this on Tuesday, and he was right. If he said that prior to that trade, I don't think the Clippers mm-hmm. trade for him. I don't think uh, Ty Lu goes out of his way to say, you know what, yeah, bring him in. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know what they think about him now after they said that because they they haven't been in sync. You know, they to me they really haven't been in sync, and the offense has just been all over the place. And I see James Harden once again turning the ball over, and things just aren't flowing well. So it's it's going to be interesting. I know they're going to make adjustments. I just I agree with you, Princess. They shouldn't. They didn't need them. They really didn't need them. Brittany and really. If James Harden needed to say that, that 
I don't play in the system. I am in the system for them to turn off. Then they're way behind because he's done enough to turn any Mm -hmm. team away from him. You know, they didn't need any more information from him. They had it all on the table there. They, They saw what happened with Houston. They saw what happened with the Brooklyn Nets. And just think about that mm-hmm. again. And I don't know, if, I think it was the beginning of last year, the Brooklyn Nets started with Kyrie, Kevin Durant, <laughs> and and James Harden. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Steve Nash is their head coach, if I'm not mistaken. So mm-hmm. they, they've seen enough from James Harden, which leads me to believe that they still have, that they believe he has enough talent to overshadow all of the foolishness. Um, that's what they're saying to me, that they still think he can make a big enough impact and really get him over the hump when it comes down to the playoffs and making a playoff run and getting to the finals and maybe beating Denver in the finals. That's really what you're seeing when you bring in a James Harden, when you already have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard and, and, and Russell Westbrook, who were clicking mm-hmm. and doing well. They, they didn't need any inf- more information. I'm just surprised that any team pulled the trigger. Um, and I want to hear from those teams that said, no, we don't need him. We don't want that. Because he basically said, you know, the 76ers owner was a liar and a liar, and he he was not going to deal with them. And the 76ers owner never addressed that. He never came out and had a press conference mm-hmm. and said, you know, Harden is disruptive and he's lied to me too. He left it alone. I wonder what that's all about, but here we are. And James Harden has a new team, and he's still making millions. He's making millions acting like a fool. Millions. But it's so funny how he he came out. It was actually a GM, uh, Daryl Morey. But it was so funny how he came out and called Daryl Morey a liar after, and this this, this is what I'm saying, timeline is very important, after the very last press conference with the Sixers, the exit press conference after they lost the uh, the, the, the playoffs um, against the Celtics. Um, and he basically said, I want to be in the offense where I am free to do what I want. That's basically what he said. In other words, I don't want to play with Joe on beat because I can't freely do what I need to do on the offensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball. To me, that right there, that told you a couple of things. He no longer wanted to be with the Sixers. He no longer wants to really play with another star player. And like he said, he wants to be the system. He wants to be the main guy. And because he said that, um, he was in conversation with the Houston Rockets, apparently, and they said no because he wants to be the main guy, and they are looking for more team player type of um, stars. This is his problem. This has always been his problem. And then after that, now you come out and say Daryl Morey is a liar. Look, I can't tell you what transpired between these two people over the summer. But to me, James Harden looks a lot worse, way more than Daryl Morey has ever ever has. And it's continuing on to this day right now. So to me, James Harden's mindset needs to change. His attitude needs to change. But at this point in his career, when he's been coddled his entire career, given whatever he wants, the ability to do whatever he wants, and that's partly on behalf of uh, Daryl Morey, um, I don't believe he wants to change. I don't believe he cares to change, and I just don't think he cares enough. Yeah, you know, um, he doesn't. And 
when you're making that type of money, <laughs> um, I, I think success breeds arrogance. And if you're not too not too careful, you start to believe that the world evolves around you and, and, and not around anybody else. And that's exactly where James Harden is. And for him to come out and just, you know, um, uh, take a little jab at, at Embiid and say he's not free to play like you want to play, you know, and I think he was the reason that Doc Rivers is no longer there. Um, he was because. he has a, a lot to do a, a lot to do with that. Um, but then to come to a new team and say you are the system um, is crazy too. Kevin put something in the in a thread. Do do I do we think ladies? Do we think he's a Hall of Famer at this point? Um, I, I looked at the stats. I don't know. It was a couple of weeks ago. I think I think he's played over a thousand games. Um, he had mm-hmm. nine years with the Rockets. Nine years. I didn't know he was there that long with the Rockets. Um, and he's had double-digit points per game average, you know, um, probably every year. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's averaging about 25 points per game. But the, I, I've never thought about that question, Brittany, so I, I pose, pose it to you. But if you ask me, I would give him one vote on the Hall of Fame ballot. But then I'm, I, I think I am shaded in, in, you know, about all the other foolishness because I'm at that point where I, I don't do crazy people. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Yeah. Um, now, if it was based off of, unfortunately, attitude, uh, being a team player, winning championships, now I would absolutely say no. But we know, and K-Walk even knows now, Getting into the NBA, I think it's the NBA Hall of Fame. It feels like it's starting to get a little cookie cutter. Like anybody could just mm-hmm. walk into the Hall of Fame. But because it is a statistic thing, which means it's more individual, right? Um, he did win, I believe, MVP one year. I believe he's about a 10 or 11 time NBA uh, All Star. Um, I think he's a three or four time NBA scoring champion. Um, and then let me see here. Let's see. Okay, here we go two-time NBA assist leader, uh, six-time All-NBA first team, All-NBA third team, an NBA sixth man of the year from when he was, his days at OKC, and a few more accomplishments. Oh, and he's also uh, part of the 75, top 75 players um, in the history of the uh, uh, NBA. So based off of that, yes. Based off how we feel and his attitude, no. But <laughs> I put him in there, probably not. <laughs> At least he won't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But because of his statistics, which are, again, more individual statistics, he is going to probably be, end up being a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the first ballot mental case to me. Um, right. and, and, and that's about as, about as much as, as, as I can give him. The worst dresser I've ever seen. And... <laughs> And, I, again, I say he is a coach killer, and if he's not a, a coach mm-hmm. killer, he's a locker room killer. Um, and he has the stats, um, and he has done well, um, performance on the court. Um, but I also think he's um, a professional flopper. You know, there's a lot of things about his game that I don't like, but there's a lot of things, a lot of things you can't deny. But right. um, I – am very surprised, I say it again, that the Clippers would take on all of him, you know, because you can't get the talent without the foolishness. 
and mm-hmm. they were willing to take on all of him. I'm surprised. But is he a Hall of Famer? If you look at the stats, black and white, and don't know the player, you would say, yeah, this this yeah. is enough right here. Um, but there's so much extra. I bet you that he's offended those that vote um, just as much as he's offended me. I don't think he gets on first ballot. Yeah. Maybe uh, he gets on, but not first ballot. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I'm, I'm, I feel blessed that the Clippers came in, and I, I thank God every day, and I shouldn't say that. Um, so, Lord, please forgive me if I'm thinking you for the wrong <laughs> thing at this particular time. But I thank you for taking him away from my Philadelphia 76ers because I'm happy and where my sisters are at right now. they still got things to improve on, but they've been playing fantastic, and we no longer have to deal with this nonsense in Philadelphia. So I'm great. I'm grateful. I'm beyond grateful. So mm-hmm. L.A., the, the Clipper side, L.A., not the Lakers side, the Clipper side, which, you know, in L.A., they don't really mean much in L.A. Um, they could deal with that over there. But all right, Princess, <laughs> uh, I'm going to switch gears, and now it's NFL prediction time. I don't have a lot of games as we're coming towards okay. the end of the show here. I only have three. But we always got to start with one of our favorite days of the week, which is Thursday night football, of course. And that That's is right. the one in – that is the one and seven Panthers at the two and seven Bears tonight. What a game this is going to be tonight! Boy, they got to improve this Thursday night schedule. Um, what is your prediction on this game? <laughs> you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that people saw this game coming about two or three weeks ago and said, and should have said, hey, you know, what can we do? But. Um, the Bears and the Panthers. This should be the I don't care bowl for sure. But um, <laughs> I don't know if Justin Fields is playing or if they're going with that young man, Tyler Baggett or something like that, Bogut. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a really good first game, and then last week he threw a couple of interceptions, so he's back down to earth. But um, I'm going to go with Bryce Young. Um, to win this one, although I don't believe overall in the team. I love their defense um, and how they played uh, against the Houston Texans and actually pulled that game out. So I'm going to go Bryce Young and, and the Panthers. But for the record, I still think that Bryce Young is too small to play this game. He's going to have to try to bulk up or they're going to mm-hmm. have to get um, some some people to protect him. They need to really address that in the off season. And I've been saying that about the Panthers for about four or five years. But I'm, I'm going to pick them to, to win tonight. Yeah, I, I do think uh, – I think Baggett, 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 whatever his name is, K-Walk I think also said mm-hmm. in the thread as well, is starting. Um, I believe Desmond is officially inactive tonight. I have no idea who's going to win this game. <laughs> I, I really don't because um, both just are not great in my opinion. I guess I'm, I'm going to go with the Bears, I believe, because I'm going with them. They are at home. I do like their receiving core a little bit. Hopefully the quarterback can give it to, get it to them. <laughs> um, hopefully we'll see what happens if their offensive line plays well. I'm not too confident in my answer whatsoever. I feel like this is going to somehow be a defensive matchup somehow. Um, so I'm going to say the Bears and a 17-14 to 14 
win, and I'm not confident at all with that selection. <laughs> I feel like they just need to okay, like, so cut we, this game off. <laughs> yeah, if we're going scores, okay, I'm going to go the Panthers um, 16, Bears 14. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, I have no confidence. I'm just pulling some numbers up. Not that I have confidence or I would play play some of these games, but um, not that I know anything about any of these sports like that where I can predict the score. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going with some with some silliness here. I'm going to go 16. What did I say? Yeah, 16-14. Two low-scoring games, two games. So that means I'm going to be watching it. You're ready to fall asleep. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Walker says Bears 20. Bears 20, um, 16. 16. So he's going with the Bears. Yeah, so you and Kevin, I'm lone whooping it tonight. Okay, well, you'll like this one. Next game I have is the <laughs> 5 and 3 49ers at the 6 mm-hmm. and 2 Jaguars. Princess, what's your prediction for the So the 49ers are traveling from the West Coast over to the East Coast to play the Jaguars? Yes. Yes, they are. Oh, wow. Wow. I think someone on, on Kevin and Eric's show a couple of weeks ago said, this is loss number four. <laughs> Kevin said, uh-oh, this, they, they're going to lose four in a row. I I think the, the 49ers bounce back. There's no way mm-hmm. that I think in this year, in 2023, that the 49ers lose four games in a row. And they're coming out a bye week, too. I think they get it together. And, and they win at Jacksonville. Um, I, I, although I think the Jaguars are playing well. Trevor Lawrence looks good. Peterson has that defense and offense looking like an NFL team and that they deserve their contract because the Jaguars hadn't already, hasn't, haven't always looked like that. But I think the 49ers go in Jacksonville and take care of business. There's no way they lose four in a row. I, I would bet some money on that, and I don't bet. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Everybody's coming back healthy. Debo is back. Trent Williams is mm-hmm. back, my understanding. Uh, I don't think they lose four in a row neither. I, I think they go in with the attitude, although we may or may mm-hmm. not think it is, but I think the 49ers are going to go in with the attitude of this is a must one for us. Let's go in here. We're coming off a of bye week. We got ourselves together. Let's go in here and get this victory. Um, but I do think it's going to be a tough game because Doug Peterson and the Jaguars are no slouch whatsoever. They are 6-2 for a reason. But I think everybody coming back is going to really help the 49ers. So I think they win as well. And I, I think they're going to win, I'm going to say like 28-24. So I still think it's going to be yeah. close. Nah, I'm, I'm going to change it, 30-24. I also think, though, that the 49ers' defense has to play better. Um, yeah. Or Kevin and everybody else is going to be looking for Wilkes to just quit, just to walk away, um, or they're going to go in there and fire him. But I, I think the um, 49ers' defense plays well. I think now Brock Purdy's had two weeks to recover from that concussion, um, and I think he plays better. This team is too good and too talented to lose four in a row. No way they do it, even in a away game. I, and I hope they leave. You know, um, I, I hope they're in Jacksonville by tomorrow so they can get acclimated to that three-hour difference. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to see that game. Yeah, I'm the, I want to see that game because my team's on a bye week. Thank goodness. Um, and last <laughs> one, uh, as we're coming to the end of the show, I have the four and four Texans. Yes, I see this game in here. The four and four Texans at the five and three Bengals. What is your prediction? Oh wow. You know, Brittany, every year I've been petty about, um, gosh, what's his name? 
the the quarterback for the Bengals. I'm I'm sorry. Um, Joe Burrow. What's his name? Joe Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. I've been I've been petty about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's was good. I think he's yeah. recovered from the calf injury, the calf strain. Um, but the last two games, he's really looked good, and that offense has looked good too. So um, I, I, there's no way I think that the, the the Texans take that, and they're headed to Cincinnati. I think this is a win, and that this Bengals are on a roll, and I think they get a win here. Twenty um, twenty-eight ten. You know what? I think I agree with you, but just for the heck of it, just because I like the Texans and I'm supporting D'Amico Ryan. And I actually know one of his decent receivers is hurt right now, I believe, um, Nico Collins. I'm still going. I'm going to roll with the Texans. Now, I know I'm going to be dead wrong, but I'm going to roll with the Texans on this one. And I'm going to say <laughs> – don't judge me, guys. I'm going to say 24-21 Texans. I'm just going with them just because I'm going with them, although and deep down I actually agree with Princess. But out loud, I'm going with the Texans. We'll see what happens. Wow. <laughs> uh, Why not? Taking a Why chance. Not? Why not? Exactly. <laughs> Take a chance. Yeah. All right, Princess, that's it for me. I'm going to throw it over to you. All right. So um, I got a chance to to watch the, the South Carolina Gamecocks and the Notre Dame Irish play women's basketball in Paris um, this past Monday um, for sure. And congratulations for AFLAC for putting this on two years ago, and for Don Staley saying, once this came to me, I wanted to pick another black coach that was a female. She did a nail Ivy, and they put on a show. Um, the Gamecocks won 100 to 71, if I'm not mistaken, but I said all that to say there's a player that I want everybody to put on notice in the country, and that is Malaysia Fulwiley um, um, for the um, South Carolina Gamecocks, a freshman but she looks good. Malaysia Fulwiley, I want everybody to watch her. Um, college basketball has started. I want everybody, too, to watch a young lady that plays for USC, Juju Watkins. Juju scored 38 points in her um, opening game as a freshman for USC, um, and no one scored that many points as a freshman in their first game since Lisa Leslie. So a shout-out to Juju Watkins um, for sure. And the last thing, the tallest Teenager in the world, 7'6", Oliver Rue, committed to the University of Florida yesterday. Go get it. That's all I got. I've seen seen that one. Boy, they're getting taller and taller. My goodness. They're getting taller. (laughs) 7'6". 7'6". Wimbayana is supposed to be 7'3 and a half, 7'4". And this young man is 7 foot 6 inches. Wow, they are getting taller, bigger, faster. But they beat out Purdue for this. um, in the in the last hour, so um, and college, national signing day was yesterday for college basketball, college soft softball, baseball, and soccer and track and field. So there was a lot of movement in college yesterday. But Brittany, thank you. Um, happy weekend to you. Enjoy the weekend, and it should be a good weekend with the Eagles on bye week. You can just enjoy the sports for a minute and not exactly. have to worry. About about your team playing. Um, I appreciate you. I love doing this show with you. Have a great weekend. Tell the people I said hello. Tell your family I said hey. I will. Have a good weekend. And for once, you know what, Princess? I may what? actually root for them Cowboys this week. There you go. <laughs> who do we play? Week. Who do we play this week? I don't even know who we play. 
I don't, I'm not even sure you guys play either. See? <laughs> I'll have to find out. Go Cowboys. Go Gators. Um, shout out to Reverend Robinson. He's headed to Florida to interview for a pastor's position. I am proud of him. So um, we will be headed thing, to Florida next weekend. Yeah. Do your thing. All right. Have a great weekend, Brittany. Never had it so good. Shout out to Kevin Walker, who was a part of the show by being in the thread and giving us some questions himself. We'll see you next time. I'm so glad that the system is back up. Never had it so good. Brittany Jones, I am Princess Cooper. We'll see you later. 